is Judith Pellegrino, and welcome to Close Encounters with My Inner Child. In this episode, I will identify core erroneous beliefs held by my wounded inner child that have been a source of pain in my adult's life. I will share how my adult's therapist helped her to reframe these core erroneous beliefs and taught her how to reparent her wounded inner child with firm sensitivity. I will share how this helped my adult to free herself from the prison her inner child created so long ago. My adult has been aware of her inner child's core traumas, abuse, and neglect for many years. She has done a lot of inner healing work, which takes great courage to do. People on this path do not call it the road less traveled for nothing. She has literally been trudging the road to happy destiny as my adult read in the big book of AA. My adult realized that discovery is not recovery. Awareness is not enough to heal her inner child of the deep-seated core erroneous beliefs that were embedded during her initial wounding and reinforced by additional traumas, abuse, and neglect in her growing up years. Unfortunately, my adult did not realize that left to her own devices, she was going to parent her inner child the same way her parents did. She was going to be too busy to pay attention to her. She was going to appreciate and value other people's gifts and talents and dismiss or devalue her own. She was going to push her too hard and ignore her needs and wants. She was going to criticize and shame her for making human mistakes. She was going to look at her with disdain and like she was a burden. She was going to get annoyed when she wanted her time and attention and resent her for it. One day, as a result of my adult realizing that her inner child was wreaking havoc in her work life and health, she wrote a slew of questions she thought to ask herself. When my adult shared this list of questions with her therapist, she encouraged her to answer them. My adult chose to answer these questions to pass the time during her colonoscopy prep. She also saw doing this as an opportunity to purge emotional energy that had been blocking her from her career, vocation, and calling. While answering these questions, she identified some life experiences that she thought she had forgotten or believed they would not impact her in any way, she learned how authority tainted her perspective of herself and the world around her. This process of inquiry 
helped my adult gain the trust of her inner child. This prepared her to dive even deeper into her child's school years. My adult has learned that it is one thing to write the answers to self-inquiring questions, but it is even more powerful to share them with another human being. Since her therapist encouraged her to answer the questions, she wrote them out and shared them with her. My adult shared how powerful it was to learn that her inner child was looked at, spoken to, and treated like she was an extension of her father instead of being her own person. They discussed the fact that her inner child was discouraged by both parents from getting her hopes up. My adult witnessed a look of confusion and upset when she told her therapist that her mother used to tell her if she sang before breakfast, she would cry before the end of the day. When my adult shared how her inner child believed she had to be perfect, her therapist reminded her that mistakes are a part of being human and an important part of her learning process. This is how we as human beings grow and evolve. My adult's therapist helped her to understand that those core erroneous beliefs got her inner child through her traumatic upbringing. But as an adult, these same core erroneous beliefs no longer served her or allowed her to serve anyone else. My inner child was taught so well that she was stupid. My adult looked up and shared the definition of stupid she found with her therapist. Stupid, slow to learn or understand, tending to make poor decisions or make mistakes, not intelligent, having or showing a lack of ability to learn, and understand things. Having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. Thanks to traumatic events, abuse, and neglect, it was true. My inner child was stupid at times, and so was my adult. My adult's therapist explained that labels are dangerous because they form our beliefs. What we believe to be true guides our perceptions of ourselves and our world. Our perceptions become our truth. This was important for my adult to learn since her perceptions of her intelligence were based on the lies her inner child received through disapproving looks, huffs of impatience, unreasonable expectations in the form of harsh beatings and verbal assaults. This stupid, this label of stupid was delivered by authority figures who were supposed to love her. My adult learned and is teaching her inner child that her parents could only love her to the degree 
they were loved. They were lied to about their own intelligence as children. They projected their erroneous core beliefs and perceptions about their intelligence onto her intelligent inner child. Because my adult's inner child does not have a college degree, her therapist taught her there are many types of intelligence. These types of intelligence present themselves differently than social norms dictate. She added that this doesn't mean that how your intelligence expresses is not valuable. During this same session, her inner child's fear of hurting others came up. This is another huge part of why my adult feels thwarted with a holistic career she tried to get off the ground back in 2004 and gave up in 2010 after being exploited by a holistic colleague. During those six years, my adult believed she was stupid every time she made mistakes. Her therapist reminded her that mistakes are a part of learning. My adult knew she was right, but my inner child was not quite on board yet. This career put my adult in a position to make mistakes that could possibly be a matter of life and death. While revisiting how my inner child's mistake of not thinking fast enough to help her best friend's mom call an ambulance and accidentally ramming a flagstick down her sister's throat while dancing freely in her driveway, my adult's therapist said something that reframed those two incidents that stopped my adult from moving forward in her career. She said, these events were not a matter of life and death. She said her inner child's best friend Donna had a seizure. She convulsed, but she lived. When my adult mentioned to her therapist that the flagstick going down her sister's throat was a matter of life and death, she disagreed. She said, your sister had an accident that was scary, but it wasn't a matter of life and death. She lived too. She reiterated with a firm yet sensitive tone that my inner child meant no harm. They were both accidents. My adult's eyes cried while her inner child wailed with her head down on her desk as her therapist repeated those words to her. It reminded my adult of a scene in the movie Goodwill Hunting that touched her soul many years ago. Robin Williams, who played a therapist, repeated to his patient, Matt Damon, that it wasn't his fault that his father abused him harshly. When my inner child stopped crying, my adult felt her second and third graders were integrated. Later that evening, my adult Googled 
Seven types of intelligence. These types are word smart, math smart, physically smart, people smart, self smart, and visually smart. Then my adult found an article called Exploring the Seven Different Intelligences. This article taught my adult how to educate her inner child about intelligence and helped her to recognize how hers has been expressing throughout her life in every area of her life since she was born. It helped my adult and inner child to value who she is and to stop comparing and minimizing her own intelligence just because she did not earn a college degree. This made sense of a profound comment my adult's best friend, Holly, made many years ago. She told her, if there was a degree for what you know, you would have three PhDs. My adult thought this kindness queen was just being kind and dismissed what she believed. Now it has become possible to believe this truth and take positive action on it. The next night, my adult's brother called and asked her to generate some more business cards for him. While doing this task, my adult noticed her own business card she, she created so long ago. It was too busy and overwhelming because of her need to prove her worth and value. She decided to scrap the old card and start off fresh. She remembered her bosom friend Holly told her to get rid of the cartoon picture of a teacher in front of a chalkboard and put her own picture on it. My adult did just that. My adult owned the fact she is highly intelligent as a personal growth coach and added it to the card. She searched for balloons because her inner child loves balloons and many different colors with faces. She added her contact information on it, including the name of her podcast. This was miraculous that the whole process only took 30 minutes to create, order, and pay for it. She was so happy with it. The following week, my adult started to revise her brochure to reflect who she is today and was able to finish it quickly and effectively, unlike her attempts to be seen, heard, and utilized when she tried to be a holistic health counselor. When my adult emailed the revised brochure to her bosom friend, Holly, her comment was WONDERFUL in all caps, followed by I love it that you, in all caps, are now visible. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for future podcasts. If you would like to ask me a question or like to provide constructive feedback, please email me at c-e-w-m-i-c at gmail.com. 
I use the initials of my podcast, Close Encounters with My Inner Child. I look forward to hearing from you and responding back. This is Judy Pellegrino, and welcome to Close Encounters with My Inner Child. In this episode, I will share how my adult prepared to have a difficult conversation with her youngest adult son on Mother's Day. I will share healthy interactions she had with her supportive husband that helped her to prepare for this hard conversation. I will also share how a Disney Pixar movie my adult psychologist recommended she watch months ago played a major role in healing her perspective of her mother, herself as a teen and mother. And lastly, I will share how another YouTube video she watched led to even more healing between my adult's youngest son and herself since Mother's Day. My adult starts each day with prayers of gratitude to her higher power. She thanks God in advance for helping her embody healthy character traits for the day ahead and each day after. She especially asks for a particular quality of love that she notices is missing in herself that she believes she needs to embody to have a more meaningful life. This is the prayer of thanks she prayerfully wrote to her higher power on Mother's Day. Thank you for my gifts of spiritual maternity and maturity. Thank you for making me a harmonizer, one who helps others by confronting her own issues. Thank you for making me a mom twice. Thank you for growing my soul as a wife and mother. Thank you for helping me see where I fit into the scheme of life. Thank you for helping me to harmonize where I can and let go of what I cannot change. Thank you for healing the way I focus on the harm my mother caused me and forgetting all the good she did for me and my siblings. Thank you for helping me to appreciate the sacrifices she made at her own expense and to forgive her human, emotional frailties and mistakes. Amen. My adult has been wanting to speak authentically with her youngest adult son for years. She wanted to let him know how she has been feeling about her two sons she brought into the world and raised together being estranged from each other. This younger son led her to believe a year or two ago that she had been complicating the problem between he and his brother. At that time, he believed his brother had just been acting like a jerk and he and a childhood friend. 
Her youngest son wasn't wrong. This is exactly how her oldest son was acting at the time. As a mother, she did not understand how her oldest son, being a jerk, could warrant four years of estrangement, including not acknowledging his becoming an uncle a year ago to a beautiful niece. My adult had been preparing to have this conversation with her youngest son for months. She jotted down notes that came to her on her phone. She rechecked her motives and chose her words very carefully. She waited for her youngest son, who who has multiple disabilities, to feel up to discussing this highly sensitive issue with her. My adult also consulted with her husband, who understands how their youngest son thinks. He asked my adult what she was hoping to accomplish by discussing this. She said she wanted to ask for an opportunity to help them communicate with each other so they could learn and grow. He took unnecessary details out and kept the parts she needed to bring to light. My adult invited her youngest son to the dining room table. Her husband sat across from their son and next to her to provide them both with impartial moral support and to help keep the conversation on track. She felt prepared and ready for this long-awaited family meeting. She read the main points from her phone to initiate this difficult conversation, while tears of unexpressed grief flowed down her cheeks. She let her youngest son know that her and his father's needs for a close family community, mutuality, respect, consideration, authenticity, harmony, celebration of life, emotional growth, and spiritual intimacy have gone unmet for almost four years. She let him know that she recently learned her personality type is a harmonizer. She told him she spent 23 years unlearning what is in the way of harmony and relearning how to harmonize. She admitted this personality type's weakness is avoiding conflict. She owned the fact that she put off speaking up for what she's wanted and needed to keep peace in their relationship. She told him she even went as far as to blame herself for this painful situation to help herself accept what she could not change, the past and her sons. She wanted him to know she is good at helping others find the root cause of their painful issues She helps people to take responsibility for their feelings and identify potentially selfish motives and find the right words. She explained how this could help her sons to restore trust that has been broken. She let him know that helping others before helping family 
is a generational dysfunctional pattern she would like to break. She said, we have all been inauthentic. Hiding our needs and upsets is dishonest. This way harms us and blocks others from learning their lessons. She let him know this is what she is finally able to do for our family after years of unlearning her dysfunctional ways. She asked this adult son a couple questions. She asked if he would be willing to learn and grow from this painful circumstance. Would he be willing to discover what he wants and needs in his relationship with his older brother instead of punishing him? She let him know that his punitive approach does not allow learning and growing. It not only hurts his only brother, but it hurts everyone in our family, including his one-year-old niece he has never seen or held. His comment was hard for my adult to hear. He said, you don't drink poison just because you're thirsty. My adult child felt disappointed because she thought her words fell on deaf ears. Early evening on Mother's Day, my adult, her youngest son, and her husband ate a nice, relaxing, enjoyable dinner together. They played electronic bowling hours later. My adult was pleasantly surprised that her relationship with her youngest son was still intact after their difficult conversation. She saw progress, which encouraged her greatly. Around 8 p.m. on Mother's Day, my adult's youngest son suggested they all watch a Disney Pixar movie as a family. My adult is normally in bed by 9.30 sharp. She mentioned the name of the movie her therapist suggested she watch, Turning Red. Without hesitation, her son turned this movie on and they all watched it together. My adult knew it had something to do with teen years and bodily and emotional changes. She laughed, cringed, delighted, and grieved while watching this movie. She had to finish, even though it was late. Grief came up while taking her bath that night and continued the next morning. An hour or so after she awoke, my adult checked in with her husband to discuss this movie Turning Red with him. My adult wondered out loud why some religious people were upset with this movie because she was healing so much from watching it. Her husband found a New York Times article, a review, to answer her inquiry. It highlighted that some parental viewers disapproved of this movie for the following reasons. The first is it discusses menstruation. The second is it explores romantic crushes. And the third, it discusses sexuality. And the fourth, 
It rebels against parents by repeatedly lying and sneaking out is okay. So it's like as if that's normal. Expert psychologists believe this movie provides an opportunity to discuss an adolescent parent relationship and adolescent development. My inner child wishes she could have watched a playful movie about this serious topic when she was 11. She hated herself while going through these female, physical, and emotional changes that no one discussed with her. It can be scary for a parent to witness and support their female child while going through the changes, especially if their child becomes combative and dishonest. My inner teen wishes that her mother did not disrespect her by making fun of her for having a crush on a TV heartthrob. When she tried to tell her mom to stop making fun of her, in the only way she learned how from her mom's example, she even chose to positively say, Aw, Ma, shut up. My pre-adolescent felt embarrassed that her mother made fun of her for liking this cute Western character and for slapping her face so hard it left a handprint on it. She was humiliated because this entire scene occurred in front of her father who was eating his dinner after a hard day's work. My adult learned in recovery that one of the worst things a caregiver or anyone can do to a child is slap their face. It sends them a message that the essence of who they are is nothing, nobody, worthless. Neurologically, it has a strong impact on the wiring in the body and the brain. My adult and her oldest son speak almost every Tuesday while he commutes over an hour to work from Pennsylvania to New Jersey. She shared that her Mother's Day conversation revealed that the issue between he and his brother goes way back to childhood. She quickly realized the part of her that raged at this oldest son led to his taking his own frustrations, insecurities, and fears out on his younger brother. Once again, my adult took responsibility for who she was in her oldest son's growing up years. She helped him to understand if he had a healthy sense of self, he would not have felt the need to do what he did to his brother. My adult mentioned this movie turning red to her oldest son. He wasn't thrilled to hear the subject matter. My adult told him this movie could help him have a better understanding of females in general. It could also help him to have compassion for his wife, his mom, and his baby girl when that tumultuous, transitory time comes in her life. My adult also shared the following lessons she learned from the movie. Turning red helped my adult and inner child in the following ways. 
It especially helped my inner child to know it is not just her that has a rager inside. It helped her inner child to forgive her mother who raged at her when she was young and to grieve the loss of a healthy relationship with her own mother. It helped her to forgive herself for raging at her children when she left pushed well, I'm sorry, when she was left pushing to the max emotionally. The movie showed ways to parent the rager if it surfaces. It helped my adult child to feel compassion toward the rager. It helped her to understand the rager has a purpose, to birth autonomy and to protect our children. My adult child learned the rager needs to be accepted as a part of a part of her and channeled for good. As a mother, it reminded my adult she doesn't own her children. She brought them into the world to be who they are meant to be and do all they can do. And that includes enjoying their own lives. They need to be free to have their own traditions, beliefs, and values, even if they conflict with my adult and child's wants and needs from them. On Mother's Day weekend, my adult decided to enroll in an intensive outpatient treatment program. She had to wait almost a year to enroll for her short-term memory to return after losing it for a second time by working at another stressful job. In this program, my adult has been learning that her anxiety is worsened by being passive with authority figures. She learned being passive means that she has given she has been giving up her rights. She is understanding to a greater degree that assertion is not aggression and disagreement is not disrespect. She is understanding that she has been repeating the behavioral patterns of compliance and people-pleasing at her own expense like she did since childhood. She is learning about something called cognitive distortions. She is learning how they contribute to her anxiety in all areas of life and her memory loss. My adult seized an opportunity that presented itself to be assertive with her youngest adult son. My adult and her husband were told by her youngest adult son that they finished watching all the good Simpson episodes. This youngest adult son decided on his own that we would be watching American Dad at dinner. My adult felt a pit in her stomach. This was a clear sign that she was betraying herself once again. After she processed her feelings and motives, she decided to practice asserting herself with her son. 
She was armed with the facts. She let him know she wasn't trying to judge or shame him for his choice of shows. She let him know she found this show distasteful and believed this was a show that that was more suited for men than women. My adult son informed her that 70% of this show's audience is made up of women. My adult reminded her son of something he said to her years ago. This was after she was fired once again from another job. This time it was for asking for a little more respect and consistency with procedures. He said that she was too good for this world. She finally mustered the courage to admit to her son that for years, when she watched American Dad with him and his dad, she felt uncomfortable. She added that she didn't like that that he made this decision without speaking with them both first. She suggested that asking them for ideas and coming to an agreement together about the next shows they would watch together during dinner showed more respect. My adult told him that it's the bloody violence, the rudeness, the disrespect in conversations, and the irreverence toward a deity who deserves reverence that she doesn't appreciate. It's hard enough to let this energy to enter her mind and body from the couch. It is especially hard while eating a meal. She reminded him how hard she works to let go of those types of dysfunctional thought seeds she grew up with and how this show replants them back into her subconscious mind. My adult son let her know the reasons he made the decision to watch American Dad without either of their input. He said American Dad is no longer on TV. My adult did not know this. He added that we got Hulu for two months free. He found American Dad on Hulu and wanted to take advantage of this opportunity before the end of the two months. My adult felt so honored by the truth and what he said next. He offered to screen the shows for violence and disrespect before they watched them together. She celebrated the idea she had not even thought of. She was so thrilled she stood up for herself instead of giving in. About three weeks after Mother's Day, my adult received an email from her bosom friend, Holly. She sent her a link to a YouTube video by Dr. Gabor Matei. G as in go, A as in apple, B as in boy, O as in open, R as in Robert, Matei, M as in Mary, A as in apple, T as in Tom, E as in Edward, and it has that little apostrophe at the end. It was called Fundamental Needs for Attachment and Authenticity. This video helped my adult to understand how her inner child's autonomy was stolen by dysfunctional authority figures. 
It helped her to understand that her inner child's innate need for belonging was not met by adults unless she betrayed her inner wisdom to survive her growing up years. Shortly after watching this video, my adult allowed herself to draft the following list of ways her inner child and teen were betrayed by her parents. She started to get in touch with rage from being ignored, lied to about her intelligence in the form of disapproving impatient looks, sounds, and physical abuse, being shamed for asking for what she needed, being compared to older and younger siblings, friends, classmates, or teammates while participating in sports, being threatened with physical violence for expressing sadness from physical or emotional pain, being exploited and misused by parents to meet their needs for touch, affection, and beauty, being blamed for parents' decisions to have six kids and the consequences of that, being blamed for parents, I'm sorry, being blamed by parents for letting themselves go physically and for using their vices, being blamed for academic and emotional negligence, being discouraged from asking questions and being happy and confident in herself, which are all required for success in life. Some grief surfaced inside my adult. She quickly realized how this unexpressed rage came out sideways on her children. She went quickly to find her youngest adult son. She asked him calmly if she had stolen his autonomy. He told her he did not know. He said he did not remember much of his childhood. He mentioned she was not available to him in his teen years. My adult validated his perception and told him why she was not available. She was trying to overcome the effects of betraying herself in adulthood like she did as a child to survive. She explained how her autonomy was unconsciously stolen and all the ways she has repeated this uh, passive people-pleasing pattern as an adult. It was the most my adult and her youngest son spoke in years, even though they lived together under the same roof. Neither of them wanted this conversation to end. They listened to each other as they never had before. My adult's youngest son shared a song called Skin by a group called Beartooth on his phone. He let her read the words as the song played. The lyrics related to what she had been sharing with him. This song reflected how she felt mostly before she found recovery. She let him contribute to her in his way. She recognized his generosity was his way of showing her forgiveness for not being there for him at a time he truly needed her. He also shared a funny but sad true saying they both laughed about because of her harsh work-life experiences. 
It said, one of the worst things is not having a job and the other is having a job. Her son knows all too well this has been her work experience for most of her life. Before they ended their meaningful, satisfying conversation, my adult son asked her if they could circle back to watching The Simpsons from the beginning instead of watching American Dad. My adult said, that would be wonderful. My adult child is starting to grow in appreciation for the curses that lead to the blessings in life. Thank you for listening.